And that's how things all goes. Welcome back to the Constitutional Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is a very podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Okay. <laughs> we, got, we got a really big issue. Okay. So I sat down, I would say about 45 minutes ago, to record an episode of the Constitutional's Podcast, which is this thing that you're listening to right now. And as we all know, I have a lot of issues with Adobe products in my laptop. Audition crashed. Guess how I'm going to let you put in your answers. Guess how long into the podcast. I will tell you it was shorter than the amount of time that I recorded. It crashed nine minutes in and I can't. I I ended the show about two minutes ago and I got up to check the video. Good. That camera showed off, of course, twice, but fine, whatever. And then I go to export the audio. Audition crashed. The GoPro is still recording. (laughs) And all I could think is, why? I had such good material. I talked about uh, let me go over the itinerary for the day. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I got to do the sponsor. You know, I'll do the sponsor at the end. This is throwing me off. There's construction outside and I'm hungry. It's dinner time. I'm trying to eat. <laughs> I talked about, this only happened 45 minutes ago, so I know exactly what I talked about. I talked about, uh, uh, oh crap. Oh, I talked about, <laughs> I don't even know what I talked about. <laughs> this is so sad. I talked about the best friends group, which is uh, between new girl, friends, cheers, happy endings. I will rank it right now. Happy endings. They have the best friends group followed by uh, maybe friends, then new girl, then cheers. Cheers is be- is last because they all kind of crapped on each other. All right, I talked about why I don't curse on the show. I talked about why I don't curse on C plus comedy. I talked about why I don't curse on news time. Uh, case in point, it's probably because I don't I don't want it to. It's part of my portfolio and I don't want to curse. But I spent maybe seven minutes on that. I talked about a tour of Mercedes-Benz Stadium that I took with a graduate program. I talked about the new Jumanji movie. I talked about Black Klansman and Crazy Rich Asian. I talked about Disenchantment. And then I finished up with Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale's shows getting canceled on Netflix. Here's the thing. <laughs> I really don't want to record another one. <laughs> but here we are, me doing, I'm three minutes into this. And I got to record. This is insane. Audition, you really pissed me off. Okay, so I guess we'll just start from here. <sighs> so the best friend group, new girl, friends, cheers, happy. And it's, you can hear in my voice that I am not doing this right now. I'm so mad. How dare you? And then why are you guys working at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night? Okay, so uh, I really do. I think if you know me which I also said like seven times during that entire podcast, then you know that I love Happy Endings and I watch it a lot. But I've been recently been watching New Girl, Cheers, and Friends uh, alongside Happy Endings because those are, uh, A, wonderful sitcoms, but B, they do have this dynamic, they have a relationship dynamic that uh, really stands out among the pack of sitcoms, traditional and uh, uh, single camera Multi-camera and sitcoms are cameras with the sitcoms with audiences. Single cameras are not. And uh, I really do think that 
New Girl and Happy Endings, they're both so quippy. And that's kind of what I base my writing around uh, is that they're so quippy. Word for word is what I said in the last 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm like a robot. <laughs> but they're so quippy. And that's kind of whenever I write something, I aim to be as quippy. And I don't really think about New Girl and Happy Endings when I write or shows of the same ilk. But I, I think that I, I think whenever somebody comments me, comments, comments on the things that I write, uh, like a script, for instance, if I'm trading with somebody uh, to read theirs and they're reading mine over Reddit, then uh, then I think then they say, oh, most of the time they say, oh, the dialogue. Uh, or if I give it to a friend, they say, oh, the dialogue's really good. That's what I liked about it. Um, even the <laughs> I'm not going to go into one of the good thing the good things that happened to me last week. Uh, but one of them is no longer <laughs> happening. <laughs> uh, that's a story for the future that you will not hear <laughs> that only my closest friends will hear, uh, that I am, uh, too embarrassed to talk about <laughs> maybe in the future. Um, yeah, definitely in the future. Cause it is, uh, <laughs> we'll just call it the, uh, vampire story, not vampires. Yeah. The vampire story would be fine. Yeah. That'd be fine. Anyway. So remind me all you under a hundred of my subscribers remind me that you want to hear that story. So anyway, I took a tour of the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, thanks to the graduate program that is uh, SCAD. Because I'm thinking about going to grad school. But who knows? I don't know. Uh, that'd be a lot more money, and I'm already in school money debt. And But, I, but we went to the Galway Club, which uh, is where the investors for the stadium, the people who help build the stadium... That's where their that's where their suites are, and I swear to you, walk in, marble on the floor, wood on the walls. They got the first Mercedes Benz car up there, which is like this old jalopy that has a the vertical stick with the horizontal wheel. Uh, that's the two seater that they probably screamed out a Negroes on. Um, there's, and uh, the reason why we got this tour was because I would say maybe ninety percent of the statues and the pictures within the within Mercedes Benz Stadium were done by you. You better believe I'm watching these freaking waveforms right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, that ninety percent of those statues and paintings were done by SCAD graduates. Graduates, SCADuates is what I call them. And uh, but it was great. It was uh, beautiful. I have a bunch of pictures. If I'm smart enough, I did put the pictures up right now. As I'm talking about this, uh, but you can see the entire field. I think there are three rows up, not three rows, three sections back uh, up from the field level itself. You can see the entire field. Uh, I, I would guess that maybe you could pick out numbers from there. So maybe you can see the football players and soccer players and Taylor Swift and all that stuff. I did help out set, help set up the Taylor Swift flooring for that, which was last week or the week prior, the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, does it help set up flooring? Have yet to receive the check for that, so I am still waiting on that, sir. If you would send it on through, because I did make a chunk of change, and I would like that chunk of change, you know, to uh, spend it on nothing. <laughs> I got nothing to do now. Um, so there we go. Uh, it was great. The Galway Club's awesome. Uh, I believe it's either that one, or we didn't see the Centennial Club, which I th which I think is just for the upper middle class people. <laughs> Uh, upper middle class, yeah, Centennial Club. Uh, but I believe there's another club that's even more substantial than the Galway Club, and they're on the they're on the floor on the on the stadium floor, stadium floor, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yeah, stadium floor, 
like field level, if they're field level. And I believe somebody told me either that or the Galway Club uh, was fifty thousand dollars for the year, for the season, or whatever. I mean, if I and I told them if I had a hundred thousand dollars, I would spend fifty thousand of it on. <laughs> on those tickets and uh they said if they had three hundred thousand dollars then they would spend fifty thousand dollars and i thought god i am bad with money <laughs> as evidenced by uh my gold earrings and my shark tattoo on my butt <laughs> i was gonna say penis and then i thought <laughs> i don't curse on the show it's not a really a curse word <sighs> anyway <laughs> there we go so i did that tour uh that's also so that that'd be the that was the second time in as many weeks that I've seen Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, as a surprise. Actually, no, I signed up for that tour maybe a month ago. I had been thinking about going to grad school for a long time, getting my MFA maybe in uh, writing, and then I was convinced to get it in film and television because I can get it. I can I can leave with contacts and then also have had writing not credits but yeah writing credits, uh, writing credits for writing. <laughs> <laughs> points for writing <laughs> that I've taken classes in writing I took a novel writing class when I was in college this is a brand new story that I did not tell on the last 45 minutes of the show <laughs> that, I, that I recorded uh, now would be 55 minutes ago <laughs> but I did take a novel writing class when I was in college I think I was a junior and uh, it was a fi- it was a once a week on a Wednesday 5pm to 8pm and every week you had to write 10,000 words um, which I managed to do most of the time. I, I was working between four to five jobs uh, my junior and senior year of college. I would not, I, I've never had less than one job, less than two jobs, sorry. Uh, and um, so I, so we would have to write 10,000 words over the course of the semester uh, every single week. So 10,000 words every week um, and end up with, I think like a usable, I don't want to say 50,000 because I think that's too short. I think it's like maybe 50. We were, we were writing 10,000 a week, right? I'm pretty sure. I think it was something like 10,000. Yeah, because 5,000 is like a, a long uh, uh, think piece on what, what do kids read? BuzzFeed, Gizmodo, The Verge. <laughs> I like one of those sites, The Verge. Um, but it's uh, but again, yeah, there's 10,000 words, 10,000 words a week. And we had to end up like with 100,000 at the end of the semester. And what I did, I think I got to 80,000 words at the end of the semester. And I copied and pasted the last 20,000 because uh, the, the professor wasn't going to read the book, obviously. But I did only cheat myself. But I remember my book, which I still have. So I have 80,000 words sitting uh, on a drive somewhere that's, I think, over here in this uh, brown nightstand <laughs> next to me. But I do, I definitely do have that book. And uh, it was, it's really my first foray into, a, it's a, it was a big step into writing because I never written something as big as a novel. And that was a novel writing class so that you can leave with something, at least some type of uh, uh, piece of business that you could, uh, you know, go out and, and not shop, but, oh, the card is full. Oh my gosh. Boy, oh boy, I should have uh, deleted all that video. <laughs> Card is full on one of those cameras. <laughs> Whatever, none of this matters anymore. But I, uh, and I, it was, I mean, it was fun. And it, I'm not fun. It was hard. It was difficult. Especially, you know, when it's Monday and you have to crank out, you know, 3,000 more words. I mean, now I can do, I can do maybe 3,000 in a couple of hours. Not even a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely a couple of hours. 
it has to be on a good topic. Uh, but I can definitely do three three thousand and um, and in a little while. Uh, I can I can you know ten thousand in a week is doable. It's you just gotta you just have to write essentially every day for five days. Write two thousand words, uh, and it's and it's difficult if you sit down. Like I've written, I wrote a movie this past summer. I wrote uh, another movie uh, last November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last winter until like March ish. And uh, I mean, it's tough work. It's tough stuff, especially to the way I write to come out to I do outlines and then I do uh, I do I do like an outline, so I, which is uh, a treatment, essentially, which is the title of the movie uh, or the working title or or the TV show, whatever um, working title, uh, log line, description, synopsis. And then I break down what's going to happen. You know, that which is the synopsis. <laughs> Describe what is what is already happening. Uh, but there you go. There's a thing that you never heard about me. I wrote a book. When I, I there was one time I I came back um, over the summer, one of the summers, and I'd written that book. I came back from school and I got a job at this church uh, as their like PR person. It wasn't even a job. It was an internship because he wasn't paying me. Uh, <laughs> I got this job at this uh, internship as a, at this church in Marietta, and the uh, preacher was like this was this African guy and he came, he came up to me and uh, he like for the interview and he's like he's like Chad uh, you've written book I've written book too and he points to this this kiosk not even a kiosk like a metal shelf that has these thin pamphlet sized books that I swear to God are maybe this thick and he points and he goes I've written books too and goes it's hard work you have to dedicate yourself and I'm like I'm like dude chill out like first of all, those aren't books. Those are workbooks. <laughs> those are things that you're going to use uh, later in the church that that only people in the church will see. Uh, second, please, <laughs> don't compare your work to mine. And my work wasn't even real. <laughs> mine was just a book <laughs> from college, from a class. That is, again, 80,000 words long, so you can suck it. <laughs> it's a lot of words to write. And I, what I think... Oh, but one more story about that church guy. Uh, <laughs> the... He, uh, there was this girl that I was working with who was actually on staff at the church and she was maybe a few years older than me, but she was so religious to a point that it made me think, do I really believe in God? (laughs) Because she, she didn't, she didn't, um, uh, I don't want to be rude here. She wasn't open to literally anything I said. I remember one time we were just sitting in the church working and I was doing something. I don't know, probably nothing important. And, uh, and I, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to know her. So I, this is one of the last times I try to get to know somebody cause you know, I hate talking to people, but I, but we were, we were talking, well, I, uh, I, it was quiet and I brought up, I go, so, uh, if you had a super, if you want to have a superpower, uh, what would it be? And she goes on this, <laughs> I would say minute long tirade, uh, where she goes, and she doesn't even look. She doesn't make eye contact with. Me. She's just looking at the computer. She goes, "I don't believe in such things. I believe only in the kingdom of Christ, and and I don't want to waste my time on on believing in superpowers." And she goes off on this long tirade, this rant, and then I sit there for. She finishes, and I sit there for maybe uh, a second or two, and I go, "Yeah, I would have super speed just to run around the world." Oh my gosh! And I thought that was. Definitely, that was like the moment where I was like, I'm never going to talk to her again. 
<laughs> but I had to because I was there for the summer or for half of the summer. There you go. That's two stories that didn't happen in the last uh, 70 minutes of me recording a podcast. <laughs> I am so bad. Okay, what else is on the docket? Uh, Jumanji. I saw the new Jumanji. Uh, Jack Black did a really good job as playing a teenage girl. Fantastic work, Jack Black over there. I bet that GoPro is really hot because it has been recording for the past hour and some change. And then, <laughs> and then I watched uh, Disenchantment. Uh, Disenchantment is the TV show uh, from Matt Groening. It is basically uh, Futurama and The Simpsons, but in the past. Futurama is a future show. Simpsons is the present show. Disenchantment is the past show. Uh, he Again, he brings, again, I say again because I talked about it. He brings along his some of the people he worked with on Futurama and The Simpsons. But the, but the problem is that he... They have like the same. They have the same style jokes. The world's beautiful, but the jokes are kind of bland. They don't really hit, and the they fall into the trap that is Netflix, wherein they have episodes that are maybe half an hour long, and it really overstays its welcome. And I think that these shows uh, that you can do a good show on Netflix, and it doesn't have to run over an hour. It doesn't have to run over half an hour if it's a if it's a comedy. Um, and I think that's that's where Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt really faltered. <coughs> Uh, uh, because you know they have comedy's not meant to be. If it's going to be an hour, then let it be an hour. But if it's going to be twenty-eight minutes, then you know if there's no act break. You're really you're really giving up there. Give it up. Uh, Abby Jacobson, Eric Andre, Nat Faxon, John DiMaggio, Tress McNeil, and the, the next people: John DiMaggio, Tress McNeil, Maurice LaMarche. These are all people you've seen. On uh, throughout your entire life, John DiMaggio's Bender, Tress McNeil is on The Simpsons a lot. Maurice Marsh is uh, uh, Brain from Peaking in the Brain. David Herman's great. Uh, Sharon Horgan's in the show. Uh, she's uh, she did she, she created the show Catastrophe. It's a wonderful show. You should watch it on Amazon. It's one of the best shows on streaming right now. Uh, and Billy West. It's a great show. Uh, Disenchantment's a good show. I, was, I just said great show, I know. This gem is a good show, but again, I think it just falters because it is a show that rely. It's it's really, I gotta say, it's boring. Uh, the the writing is is kind of loose, uh, and they just don't have reliance in the jokes. But Abby Jacobson, Nat Faxon, and Eric Andre do a great job. <sighs> I talked about that show twice today. <laughs> twice. I'm going to go ahead and check these waveforms looking good. <laughs> looking real good. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Oh, so I saw Crazy Rich Asians and Black's Klansman. Black's Klansman. Black Klansman's a great... Uh, let's start with Crazy Rich Asians again. Okay. Crazy Rich Asians is a wonderful movie, but uh, the the problem is that you can see where it's going from start to finish. Uh, and I think the I mean the script is fine by Peter Chirelli and Adele Lim, but the direction is really good. John Chu, who directed every single Step Up movie with the exception of the first one, uh, he's not afraid to let the camera rest with its care with the subjects. Uh, he's not afraid to when a character moves to dolly the camera with it. He's not afraid to rack focus. He's not afraid. <laughs> I told this joke last time, but I'm about to tell it again. <laughs> so know that I told this joke last time. But there's a <laughs> there is a camera technician out there right now listening to me say rack say all these buzzwords like rack focus and dolly and, <laughs> and tilt. And he's going, Yes, yes, this is the best thing in my life. 
Uh, it was funnier last time. Don't worry. Shut up, Chad. The book came out in, 2000, in 1993? 2003. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It's the first Asian movie, majority Asian movie since 1993. I don't know when the book came out. But you, but like I said, you within the first five minutes, you understand uh, that where this movie is going to go. They're gonna, he's gonna, she's gonna meet the family. She's going to, they're gonna break up at some point, which happens very late in the movie, which I'm glad about. They're gonna get back together, which happens very late in the movie. <laughs> the breakup and the get back together happens within maybe three minutes. <laughs> no, nah, it's maybe like ten minutes, uh, but it's good. I really enjoyed my time there. But the issue is again, the jokes. Uh, I saw it with. Alone, which is how I'm going to be doing things from now on. But I saw it, um, and the, the I had a, there's a, a substantial crowd in there, which I would say was maybe about the theater was maybe about a sixth full. But this is that's a substantial crowd to me. And uh, and and people didn't there wasn't a solid laugh, uh, maybe a chuckle or two, but there wasn't a solid laugh until half an hour in when Aquafina's character uh, arrived into the movie. And she really stands out because she's a very funny person. I was gonna say woman, but you can't say that anymore. <laughs> very funny person. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> anyway, but the this movie is filled with a bunch of beautiful people. Constance Wu, Henry Golding. Oh my God, he's a handsome. He's such a handsome boy. Uh, Jimmy Chan, Michelle Yeoh, Lisa Liu, um, Aquafina, Harry Shim Jr. Again, very handsome. Ken Jeong, uh, Chris Pang, Jimmy O Yang. All these people. Ronnie Chang, Remy Remy He. Uh, I'm just gonna start <laughs> keep naming people. Everybody's so beautiful. Did the TV turn off? Yeah, the TV did turn off. <laughs> okay, well, okay. <laughs> Everything's oh the Xbox turned off. That's why the TV turned off. Uh, but it's a great show. It's a uh, great movie. Go watch it. Uh, I think there's three books in the in the in the series, so I guess we can expect two more movies at least. But the thing is with uh, Crazy Rich Asians and uh, Black Klansmen, I'm afraid, again, like I said last week, that they're not going to do the numbers that they need to do. Of course, they're going to do them. They're going to succeed. They're going to be, the people are going to love them and everything, but not enough people are going to see them like they saw Black Panther. You can just hear people drag racing outside, and it's really pissing me off. Uh, speaking of Black Klansmen, John David Washington did a fantastic job in the movie. Uh, Again, <laughs> there's two issues I have with Black Klansmen. Well, one issue with Black Klansmen and one issue with Crazy Rich Asians is that both of these movies could have been solved with the one character doing something. Rachel Chu, Constance Wu's character, could have looked up Henry Golding's character, Nick Young. Uh, with They've been dating for a year, and she's going to meet his family. But everybody in China knows who Nick Young is, uh, and they know that his family's rich. She could have just Googled him, and she's an economics professor at NYU. She could have just Googled him and and we couldn't and <laughs> she wouldn't have been surprised uh, when she got on that plane and found out he was rich. Uh, same thing for, for Black Klansman. John David Washington's character, he he speaks like this. And then uh, Adam Driver goes. And so the story of Black Klansman is that uh, John David Washington's detective character uh, is a rookie cop and he makes a call into the Ku Klux Klan and he says he wants to join. Uh, you know, to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan, and then uh, Adam Driver's character plays his plays uh, the detective character. Uh, they're both cops, but the, plays the detective character to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, of course, he's recognized in the last ten minutes of the movie. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, and but every character, every time a Klan member meets 
Adam Driver's character who's playing John David Washington's character, they go, oh, you sound different on the phone. Which could have been, and he's and the thing he comments on is he goes, "Oh, it's allergies." Um, but what they could have done was uh, at least, you know, uh, Adam Driver could have at least tried to sound like John David Washington, you know, stuff like that. Tover Grace did a good job uh, playing David Duke, young, charismatic David Duke. <laughs> Corey, I, I guarantee he's going to get uh, an award for that, an award nomination at least. At least a wink. He's going to be in the conversation. At least, uh, Corey Hawkins did a good job as Stokely Carmichael within the first two minutes of the movie. Uh, Harry Belafonte was in this movie. What? Alec Baldwin did a fantastic job. This is Spike Lee's best movie since 2006, since Inside Man. And I dare to look back, uh, even as she's got a man, the TV show, which is has not been well received. Uh, look back at his last, uh, the last six years of movies that he did. Six. Am I doing that right? Four years of movies he did. Black Klansman's great. Jason Bloom produced it. Along with Jordan Peele and Sean McKittrick. And a bunch of other people. Two other people. <laughs> Lee has, uh, he wrote the movie with three other people. Three other, three other people. Three other people. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> uh, which leads me to, to go see um, Blind Spotting. I've yet to see that one. But Crazy Rich Asians and uh, Black Klansmen, go watch it. Go watch them both. I got a free ticket to Black Klansmen. I could not pass up the offer. <laughs> pass up the offer. Last but not least, Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale's shows on Netflix were canceled. Uh, this, So I really want to talk about this because I think it's very interesting that both of these people, I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, laptop down. Both of these people, uh, one left a really good job at The Daily Show to come host this show, and within the matter of months, it's over. She only did 10 episodes, and that's been running since March, I believe, uh, or May, sorry. And then Joel McHale's show have been running since February? Is that true? Uh, and they've been doing weekly episodes, and I think they only did like 20 episodes each, or 10 episodes each, something like that. Um, but when... Talk Soup left the air. I'm about to go into the same rant I did on the last episode. Last episode, the one that was recorded that was deleted because audition sucks. I saw the video. Maybe I'll release it at some point. <laughs> 45 minutes of the same conversation. Uh, but when when Talk Soup left the soup when uh, left the air because E canceled it. Uh, I guess they weren't. I guess ratings were falling and maybe people didn't. Uh, they're falling out of level of reality shows. But the but the thing is now that when people watch reality shows, I think there's an air that they actually do enjoy watching reality shows. Which is, I mean, you know, me uh, three years ago would not have admitted to watching all of Gordon Ramsay's reality shows. Uh, which is, I mean, I love Gordon Ramsay. 24 Hours to Hell and Back. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, which I haven't seen in years. <laughs> Master Chef, which is wonderful, but and Master Chef Junior, which is okay, because <laughs> I hate kids. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't hate kids. Um, but I just think it's uh, it's it's the world's changed, and now nobody wants to see them come back. If we want to make fun of reality shows, we'll just do it ourselves because we have Twitter. Uh, whereas Twitter a couple of years ago was still in the stages of uh, not infancy, but kind of blowing up. Now everybody has a Twitter and now Twitter's dying. So, 
That's why Instagram's the best, the best, uh, smart, the, what's it called? <laughs> smart, the application. I don't know these things. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so hungry. But I've been doing this for half an hour, so maybe I can just stop it. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. Uh, but yeah, they ended both of those. And now they have two more. Netflix has two more um, talk shows coming out of the woodwork. They have Norm MacDonald has a show and Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Uh, and again, last week, Hassan Minaj left the daily. He left last week to now do this show. And he is, I don't want to say he's going to end up like uh, the four fathers before him, which are uh, um, Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale and Chelsea, who remember she has, she had the documentary show Chelsea, it's Chelsea or whatever. And then she also had um, the uh, talk show, which was another Chelsea show. <laughs> of course, obviously. Uh, but that show lasted, that show was, I think it was daily. Yeah, it was a daily, it was like a four night, four day a week thing, and it lasted for a few months. And I just, I guess Netflix couldn't flip the bill for more. Um, but then, but, uh, and then David Letterman show, of course, but that's like, I don't, that show, I, I would guess is coming back, but not anytime soon. Um, but it's been some time since the last one. And then I guess you can include comedians and cars getting coffee. But then they also have a show called The Fix with Jimmy Carr, Catherine Ryan, and D.L. Hughley. And Jimmy Carr and D.L. Hughley in the same sentence, which is very strange. But Michelle Wolf had a wonderful year. She's one of the top comedians in the world, like one of the most recognized right now. Uh, you know, besides Louis C.K. and uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> if you can't make yourself laugh, <laughs> then what are you even living? But Wolf, she left a good job at Seth Meyers' show to be a correspondent on The Daily Show. Then she left The Daily Show to do this show. Uh, she also had, she hosted the last correspondence dinner, <laughs> the last one. And then she also had a stand-up special on HBO. So, I mean, her career is, you know, has been flourishing in the past year, you know, for a 33-year-old comedian, uh, which is good. You know, she's still fairly young compared to every every other comedian that you see pops at 70, <laughs> 50 years old. They pop at 70. Oh, my gosh. I really good mic awareness. That's what you get. That's what, you know, I've been hosting this show for 71 episodes. And that's what I've learned over the past year and change is that, you know, to be good with a mic which is why I have a really good stage presence when I do stand-up. And I have not done stand-up in a minute. But when I do do stand-up, I do have really great stage presence because I know where the mic is. And you got to know where the mic is so you can tell your jokes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sad and lonely. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. But, yeah, that sucks. Uh, that really does suck. And guess what? I've done another half hour of podcasting. I did 76 minutes of podcasting today. Can you believe it? And one of them is not going to be seen. <laughs> Very pissed. Uh, again, I still do have the video for that. So, <sighs> All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. If you like what you saw here, and know that I tried. If this sucked, I'm sorry. Uh, if you liked what, I, what you saw here, why don't you head on over to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you got the latest stuff. Follows into <laughs> I was going to do the whole spiel, but I realized that I don't do that stuff anymore. Follow us on Twitter at Seabulls Comedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Listen to the cost. Nope. This is that. 
go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash people's comedy. I really do wish I could stop talking about this, but uh, this week's news time is a weekly show uh, where I cover entertainment news. Uh, this week's episode is about um, USC and Berg Initiative and uh, um, Professor Stacey L. Smith. Uh, they did a study last year in regards to people of color and women uh, in, uh, on tele, on, in movies, I'm sorry, in front of and behind the camera in movies. Uh, and then the last year around the same time, Color of Change and Darnell Hunt of USC did a study in regards to people of color behind the camera on television. And, uh, the, and then, you know, a whole bunch of other stories. But uh, this year, so, uh, so I've done, I did a recap of both of those plus a few other studies that have been done but I, I, I mentioned that because um, Stacy Smith and uh, Anberg the initiative they brought back another study that they did a cumulative look at movies from 2017 until 2007 I believe um, that 10 year period they studied 1,100 movies found out like 43 women directed those films only 43 only 43 out of 1,000 directed those movies uh, and only eight of them were women of color which is embarrassing which is just uh, disgusting uh, and then you know uh, so there a bunch of movies didn't have uh, black Latino his, uh, Hispanic, <laughs> black Hispanic Asian transgender gay uh, or bisexual characters um, so go ahead uh, read the study read, watch the episode it's really I don't want to say sickening, but it's 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 disgusting to see all to see that seventy um, percent of the movies were just you know white seventy percent seventy percent it's insane seventy percent of those movies seventy percent of a thousand one hundred movies were white were just mostly white they didn't have characters that were black that could speak Asian Hispanic. Transgender. They were there. Only one movie had a transgender character. One uh, for gay, lesbian, and bisexual. Own. I think it was under twenty in total. Under twenty in total, including transgender. That exactly maybe twenty. Twenty one had, you know, LGBT characters. Which is, I mean, come on, guys, just cast. <sighs> anyway. That's it. Oh, this week's episode of the Constitutionalist Podcast. I can't, I cannot, I have to give a shout out to my sponsor. Sponsor this week is again Emma Wilman. She's going to be on the comedy lineup on Netflix on August 31st. I urge you to watch it. I've already seen it. It's great. She's a very funny New York comic. And I, I've spoken to her. I did an interview with her a couple years ago. She's a serious XM show. She's on Crazy Ass Girlfriend. She's an arc on there. She's wonderful. I think she's a very funny person. And I would not be lying. I would not even do this spot if I didn't believe that. So, Go watch her on the comedy lineup. It's a quarter hour that was shot here in Atlanta on location. Um, and uh, she's going to be there with a bunch of other people. But most importantly, go watch her. Quarter hour, comedy lineup, Netflix, August 31st. Emma Wellman, get into it. All right, that's it for the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm going to hang up and go eat. Bye.